The less your business spends, the more margin you keep. But today, everything costs more. So smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one proven platform, helping you reduce IT costs, maintenance costs, and manual errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to netsuite.com slash earnings right now. netsuite.com slash earnings. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Live from our nation's capital. This budget thing is going to do nothing. Space Force, I still think it's interesting. President Trump not playing his cards yet. Headlines, policy, and politics colliding. Bloomberg, sound on. The insiders, the influencers, the insights. I would rather see a congressional solution. It's part of my DNA. The Senate map in 2020 looks a lot different than it looked in 2018. You really have a divide within Team Trump. The president has to do exactly what people sent him here to do, which is to get it done. This is Bloomberg Sound On with Kevin Cirilli on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. Buckle up, it's been a wild Monday. U.S. stocks plunged the most in 2019 on trade. Tom Keen, Bloomberg's Tom Keen, will give us the latest on the market mayhem. Plus, President Donald Trump proposing new gun control restrictions, but can he build a bipartisan coalition? Housing Secretary Ben Carson calls in to give us an inside look at how the administration is looking to tackle this problem. Plus, two political all-stars here with me for the hour. Terry Sullivan, a partner at Firehouse Strategies, the former Marco Rubio 2016 presidential campaign manager, and Roger Fisk, a Democratic strategist and former senior aide of communication and policy to Senator John Kerry. So much to get to fresh off of the developments over the horrific shooting tragedies over the weekend in Texas and Ohio. We have wall-to-wall coverage of that coming up on in the program. And Housing Secretary Ben Carson will phone in to give us how the administration is planning to respond. But a wild day on Wall Street as well surrounding U.S.-China trade tensions. It's why we're so grateful that Bloomberg's very own Tom Keene is joining us on the telephone line. Tom, financial markets, I'm reading from the Bloomberg terminal, buckled after China escalated the trade war with the U.S., sending American stocks to the biggest drop this year and sparking a rally in global bonds. Help us make sense of all of this for folks getting in their car and on their way home from work. Well, the nation is, you know, hugely distracted by the events in Texas and Ohio. What we do in the racket, Kevin, is we don't look at the stock market when the stock market plunges. What we do, and you know, I do the cross-asset thing. I'll say, let's look at equities, bonds, currencies, commodities. The signals when the market drops 3% or the precipitous decline of the last number of days It's found in the bond market. And what the bond market said today, comparing the different yields, is there will be an economic slowdown, the resounding message. The first thing I looked at when I used the Bloomberg terminal on my cell phone was to look at bonds, and they don't say anything about China or the U.S. or that. They say further economic slowdown. So it looks like investors are now essentially – 
grappling and accepting the new geopolitical reality that the U.S. and China are really headed to a long-term trade battle. No? That may, that may be one thing, Kevin, but, you know, I would point out there's a whole other group of optimists. Yakum Sells was quoted 20 minutes ago in the Washington Post. He's a giant strategist of PIMCO. And Dr. Fells was quite adamant that this is the pain before the solution of the trade war. And, of course, you're frankly better versed at this than I am. Where's the solution out there for a trade war? And well, it doesn't appear that there is one in the People's Bank of China, Governor Yi Gang, saying the nation will not use exchange rates as a tool in the escalating dispute. Tom Keene, Bloomberg Surveillance's very own Tom Keene, joining us on the line. Tom, what I just help me sort through this just for the for the for the who are just coming home from work who want to know what all of this volatility in the marketplace. What does it mean for their retirements? What does it mean in terms of real estate? What's the bottom line here? Because yeah. the, the the market was berserk today. So sum it up for us precisely about what it means for, for Main Street. For what it means for Main Street, and what every professional will say is ignore this volatility. You've got a long-term plan and stick to it. The problem is fear. And this instability is the word that pros use. This instability that we see that some would say comes from political instability. This instability creates a lot of fear. And each of us have to deal with what we think the outcome of that fear will be. And then back to what you cover every day, Kevin, will this be the Chinese blinking? Will it be President Trump blinking within the trade war? Or frankly, will it come from another place? Um, I, I, I must admit that every single discussion from the Fed meeting, which seems ages ago, yeah. it was a Wednesday last week, Every single discussion is we need clarity on the president's unilateral approach to trade. Well, good luck wishing for that because I don't see clarity coming. The president just within the last week saying that he isn't anticipating a U.S.-China trade deal potentially until after 2020. I can tell you that I talked to sources inside the administration who say that come the fall, in order to ramp up pressure on Speaker Pelosi's House of Representatives to get USMCA passed, we could see additional tariff threats with regards to Mexico. So that's on the short-term horizon. And then, of course, you've got populism not just running rampant on the right, but also on the left left. Tom Keene, bottom line, parting words. I know you've got to go. Appreciate your time. Final thoughts. Well, my final thoughts is we're going to come in tomorrow morning. We're going to see Asia open and we're going to see uh, London open. What I would focus on tomorrow, and this is sort of inside baseball, Kevin, I'm going to watch for any action by the Chinese, including further yuan devaluation. That could happen. And then I'm going to watch for European interest rates because the banking system will begin to react. And German interest rates, uh, that's the thermometer, the litmus paper that the pros will look at. So by the time we get tomorrow morning, we're going to already have the Asian markets and then the German bond market to look at. Buckle up. Bloomberg Surveillance is Tom Keen. Tom, I'll see you tomorrow on Bloomberg Television bright and early. Appreciate you. 
coming on. Coming up, panel reacts. Terry Sullivan, partner at Firehouse Strategies, former Marco Rubio 2016 presidential campaign manager, and Roger Fisk, Democratic strategist, former senior aide to Senator John Kerry. Also coming up, Housing Secretary Ben Carson. You can download Bloomberg Surveillance as well as Bloomberg Sound On podcast on Apple iTunes at Bloomberg.com or by downloading the Bloomberg Business app. You can also find us on Radio.com, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. I'm Kevin Cirilli. You're listening to Bloomberg 99.1. You're listening to Bloomberg Sound On with Kevin Cirilli on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. I'm Kevin Cirilli, Chief Washington Correspondent for Bloomberg Television and Bloomberg Radio. And we're joined by two political all-stars, Terry Sullivan, partner at Firehouse Strategies, former Marco Rubio 2016 presidential campaign manager, and Roger Fisk. He is a Democratic strategist and also a principal at New Day Strategy. He's also a a 12-year Obama administration alum, having worked on his campaigns and within the Obama administration. Uh, Gentlemen, thanks for being here. We were talking earlier with Bloomberg's Tom Keene about the wild day on Wall Street, financial markets buckling following the escalation between the U.S. and China. And just to get everybody caught up to speed on what transpired was at the end of last week, President Trump threatening $300 billion worth of additional tariffs on the already impacted trade goods that he has uh, tariffed. And then beyond that, you have China threatening tariffs of their own and also instructing state-run firms, state-run businesses, uh, to make some limitations with the agricultural sector. The bottom line, this is being interpreted as a longer-term trade struggle between Washington and Beijing. Terry, in terms of the policy implications of this, I, I, I think what everyone is looking for, Wall Street, Main Street, is some type of endpoint for when this will stop. And I'm not sure that we're going to get one. Yeah, I mean, the end point will be when the pain just gets too great. Um, no one's going to win this trade war. Uh, there's just going to be degrees of losers. Uh, and, and sadly, the losers that we care about are, uh, is the American consumer. Um, and eventually, uh, it's going to be painful enough where President Trump will probably just quit this. But but this is just crazy policy that is uh, that the U.S. economy. I've never seen a guy do so much. Uh, to help the the uh, economy, while at the same time trying to do so much to hurt it. Roger, I mean your your synopsis of this. Well, listening to your colleague and and looking at our allies in the other markets around the world, I mean one of the one of the main things that they all share is a complete allergy to uncertainty, right? Um, and to Terry's point, there's there's not a sense that there's any kind of structure or agenda or cohesive policy kind of framework that the president is uh, operating with. And I think the story of the first year of the Trump administration is going to be that this guy has no idea what he's doing. The second year story is he has no intention of learning what he's doing. And the third year is there's he's evacuated the White House of anyone that can have a sober adult conversation with him. For example, the fact that he still is going around saying that China, the government of China, is paying billions of dollars into the U.S. Treasury, which is just 
so patently false and incorrect and wrong and, and dishonest. And the fact that there's not a single adult in the White House that can sit down and have a conversation with him and divest him of that is emblematic of, a, of the much bigger problem. Roger Fisk is here. He is a partner at New Day Strategy. He's a Democratic strategist, 12-year Obama alum, as is Terry Sullivan, a Republican strategist, partner at Firehouse Strategies, the former campaign manager to Marco Rubio's presidential run. Stocks suffering their biggest one-day decline of 2019 on Monday, according to MarketWatch, as China allowed its currency to fall to a more than 10-year low versus the dollar. I want to read for you. The tweets coming from President Trump earlier this morning, and he said, quote, China is intent on continuing to receive the hundreds of billions of dollars they have been taking from the U.S. with unfair trade practices and currency manipulation. So one sided it should have been stopped many years ago. I was at the White House earlier today, Terry, and and I was struck by as the tweets were coming out uh, because he, he President Trump keeps saying currency manipulation and we all know that should the administration label china as a currency manipulator that that would even be a further escalation and the president has in recent weeks suggested publicly as well as via social media and other accounts through through top economic advisors that he has backed off backed off of labeling beijing and and president xi jinping a currency manipulator but by all accounts when the president today is tweeting and using the words currency manipulator. I just, you know, I hear Roger's point. I hear your point. But I, I think we would all agree. I don't think President Trump is listening to, to these concerns. I, I think this could get even more intense. Yeah, that's, I guess maybe that, maybe I misspoke, but that was my point. Yeah. This is going to get a lot worse before it gets better. <sighs> um, it is, uh, it's going to, the only thing that is going to make him stop this is an overwhelming amount of pressure uh, that it isn't working. Um, and he doesn't seem to have his finger on the pulse of, uh, of much. So I do believe that he will, uh, it'll take a blunt object to, uh, to help coax him along on this. Roger, I was in uh, essentially one of the ground zeros in America last week for trade policy, Detroit, Michigan, the Motor City. And when I was listening to the Democratic presidential candidates, all 20 of them, night, and, and even the ones off the stage, I mean, I... When I listen to Senator Bernie Sanders, when I listen to Senator Elizabeth Warren and some of these other more progressive candidates speak, they – yes, there are differences between President Trump, and I'm not going to suggest that there, isn't, that there aren't any differences. But on the issue of tariffs, there are candidates in that Democratic Party who, who, who subscribe to, to using tariffs as a, as a tool in order to negotiate trade. Are there not – I, I mean, I'll take your word for it. I don't remember a specific exchange where people were came out as pro-tariff. They didn't even talk much about trade, to yeah, be honest. Yeah, which is, I, I think, a big mistake for the Democrats. Right. I think what's really missing right now on the Democratic side, because I don't mind being kind of self-scrutinous in, in this conversation, is a, a broad, cohesive kind of success narrative, right? Like, everything is about spending and aid and assistance and programs, setting aside the whole... Uh, infrastructure of how wealth is created, and I think some there's still room for someone to come forward with a much uh, a more comprehensive and robust kind of success narrative to talk about the free market and the virtues of the free market and how it can lift families and communities. And no one's doing that right now. Um, yeah, but that that would be a Republican debate. Actually, I mean, look <laughs> at, at the end of the day, if, if like that debate was was a race to show how. 
uh, extremely conservative Barack Obama was. Uh, it was it was mind-boggling to me how far left those folks were willing to run. And 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 the way I saw it, it was you know demagoguery how awful wealth is. And so I mean I I I, I guess I, what I'm saying is I kind of agree with you, but it it's pretty uh, jarring that the Democrats are going to get Donald Trump reelected because they're just going to keep running further and further to the left. Which is somewhat my point. We're kind of arriving at the same place, obviously, from different directions. But um, the since World War II, the stock market and the economy has traditionally done much better under Democrats, for example, than Republicans. Um, and what is missing um, is that, uh, that discussion of economic wealth generation and success, and th- which has not always been a complete um, orphan within the Democratic conversation, within the Democratic Party. So I agree with you that it's, it's, it's by virtue of, of the primary pushing folks to the left. But I do think uh, if, if, if someone were to step forward and put together a comprehensive program about small businesses and entrepreneurship, and at the same time pledge to audit the U.S. tax code, and I bet we could go through and find 10 things that we could either tweak or remove that would never harm a single worker or child or forest or stream, that that would not only serve them well in a, in a big field like this, it would probably be a, the death knell in a small field, but at least for right now in a big field, and it would inoculate them against the socialist label for a year from now, because as we all know, the Democrats could nominate Bull Connor and... Um, and Father Coughlin as a ticket, and uh, the the current occupant of the White House is going to uh, label them socialist anyway. It's 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 a fascinating debate, and 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 I think just as you as you try to get a long term sense, everybody says that President Xi Jinping is playing a long game and just trying to outweigh a Trump administration. Well, I, I would say Beijing ought to look to the left because I'm looking at the left and I'm looking at uh, the progressive voices on the left, and and they are still going to be impacting. The party, regardless of whomever the nominee or president is going to be. So this idea that all of a sudden there's going to be president chamber of commerce in 2020, it's just not it doesn't match with the reporting or or really in terms of how how you unify a party even. Uh, so I think that that's, that's interesting. Really grateful to have two all-stars, Terry Sullivan, Roger Fist, to help us navigate through what was a wild day on Wall Street. And coming up, we have much more following the tragedies in Ohio and in Texas and the mass shootings. Uh, President Trump calling on bipartisan reform, but can he get it? I'll play for you the remarks from President Trump earlier today at the White House and Housing Secretary Ben Carson calls in to join us for his take on how the administration is looking to pass some of these reforms. You can download the Bloomberg Sound On podcast on Apple iTunes at Bloomberg.com or by downloading the Bloomberg Business app. You can also find me on Radio.com, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. I'm Kevin Cirilli, Chief Washington Correspondent for Bloomberg Television and Bloomberg Radio, and you're listening to Bloomberg 99.1. Success is more than a destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's dedication, it's fortitude, and it's the work, passion, and grit inside of us that comes before all recognition. That's what Stiefel has been doing for over 130 years, and it's why Stiefel is one of the fastest-growing wealth management firms in the country. And Stiefel goes beyond traditional wealth management to offer you a full suite of banking services, direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises, and a leading middle market investment bank. 
Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel has built a company and culture unlike any firm on Wall Street. Because success is the drive it takes to keep pushing. It's the passion to keep investing. It's the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Find a financial advisor at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel, Nicholas & Company, Incorporated. Member SIPC and NYSE. This is Bloomberg Sound On with Kevin Cirilli on Bloomberg 99.1 and 5.7 FM HD2. In one voice, our nation must condemn racism, bigotry, and white supremacy. That was President Trump speaking earlier today at the White House following the shootings in El Paso and Dayton, Ohio. I'm Kevin Cirilli, Chief Washington Correspondent for Bloomberg Television and Bloomberg Radio. Coming up later on in the program, we're going to hear from Housing Secretary Ben Carson, who will give us an inside look about his meetings with President Trump today regarding gun control. Joining me now in studio, Terry Sullivan, a partner at Firehouse Strategies, former Rubio 2016 presidential campaign manager, and Roger Fisk, Democratic strategist, a Obama alum and a principal at New Day Strategies. Gentlemen, uh, I'm reading from the Bloomberg Terminal. There was a massive headline this afternoon following the president's remarks regarding the violence over the weekend. Uh, Stephen T. Dennis reporting on the Bloomberg Terminal. Headline reads, mass shootings give gun bill urging red flags a boost in the Senate. Trump ally and Senate Judiciary Committee Chairman Lindsey Graham said Monday that he and Democratic Senator Richard Blumenthal, a gun control advocate, have agreed to push through legislation to help states adopt so-called red flag laws intended to take firearms away from dangerous or mentally ill people. That was something that President Trump said that he would support in his during his remarks at the White House earlier today. And just to give a bit of a backstory, red flag laws drew interest from the White House and Congress after the mass shootings. But it really would be difficult, Terry, to get this on the legislative calendar when you look at the political makeup of this. That said, more than a dozen states have already passed similar laws. And what this would do is create a federal grant program to assist and encourage states to adopt more stringent laws to timely intervene in situations when there is an imminent threat of violence. So it would provide funds to these states, Terry. Yeah, it seems like very common sense legislation. Um, But there is a coarseness in our political rhetoric now that even in a tragedy like this, and, and, and we see it more and more, unfortunately, that both sides just point to the other side. It's never anyone's own fault. It's always the other guy's fault and other gal's fault. And it's it's frustrating because there's not going to be real movement on this unless uh, both sides work together. And I don't know that Lindsey Graham and, and Richard Blumenthal aside, uh, there's the political capital or the willingness to, uh, to spend that capital to do it. I, I was struck by this, Roger. I remember I was a reporter at Politico Uh, covering the fallout of the horrific tragedy at Sandy Hook and in Newtown, Connecticut. And I remember when Senator Joe Manchin, a centrist Democrat from West Virginia, and a conservative conservative senator, Senator Pat Toomey, a Republican from Pennsylvania, they put forth the the Manchin-Toomey 
proposal that was supposed to be the bipartisan effort to close loopholes. It didn't pass. And uh, earlier today, President Trump reportedly calling Senator Toomey, and he is actually he actually told reporters today, Senator Toomey did, uh, that he's urging Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell to give the the Toomey Mansion legislation another thought consideration. But for whatever reason, it just doesn't look like it just doesn't look like the the appetite's there. Well, it, it, my frustration is even bigger than that, which is. Say Toomey and Manchin and, and Graham and all those folks decide to move forward and put together a comprehensive strategy and, and, you know, bring in the governors and do all the things that would happen in any kind of normal administration or political calendar. And then all you need to have happen is for Ann Coulter to tweet something or for a particular guest on Fox and Friends and the president will drop the entire thing like a hot potato, as he has done many other times, even sometimes when Vice President Pence, um, for example, one of the, one of the budget to, to fix the shutdown, even while Pence is in meetings on Capitol Hill, uh, the president will take him out at the knees yeah, but, um, but, as a response to having just seen like some random guest on some random show. So having a legislative strategy and all the things that we're somewhat used to in some of these initiatives can be blown apart. Um, by this erratic individual who is going to react based on something that he just saw in the last 30 seconds. With, with all due respect, that's kind of the BS I'm talking about, I, in that it's not a President Trump issue. It's not a Democrat issue. Barack Obama didn't solve this, this issue either. Those, those shootings you're talking about were under President Obama. It's not his fault any more than it's President Trump's fault. But the problem is, is that we so quickly just dig into our sides of red jersey, blue jersey, and start attacking each other and say it's only the other side's fault and this is why nothing meaningful has happened. No, it's both sides' fault. I, 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 will fault. Grant, I will grant, Terry, some of that, but I want to be very clear about what I'm saying. It's, I'm not saying the president is wrong even though I, I believe he is. I'm saying that the, um, the president can turn on a dime, and, and, and the, the number of these situations, and I trust you wouldn't necessarily debate me on whether or not this has happened before, where he will literally course correct um, based on, you know, I mean, he, if, if Mark Meadows or Jim Jordan or something call him and say, we're not going for this, he will drop, uh, he will drop McCarthy, he will drop any of those other folks. So my point is more processed. And I, I tried to not put that into the cast of the mold that you um, referenced in your, com in your comment, which I actually l largely agree with. My thing is this individual is so erratic that nothing matters than, you know, five minutes ago and five minutes from now. Terry Sullivan's here. He's a partner of Firehouse Strategies. Roger, Roger Fisk is here as well. He is a principal at New Day Strategy. I'm interested in terms of the particular, to, to Roger's point on process, President Trump tweeting this morning, uh, suggesting that he would like to have some type of gun control or gun reform conversation linked to immigration immigration reform. I, Roger's rolling his eyes. I mean, I'm not sure how how that would... I don't see that there's an appetite for that. But then just one more... Just issue. Jared tackle it. I mean, he's... More issue in terms... Kim term, Kardashian should take it on. One more issue in terms of... Uh, in terms of the process, was back following the horrific, horrific tragedy at Sandy Hook. Republicans controlled the House of Representatives. And obviously the NRA having sunk... Uh, or having... 
Texas. That's that's loaded. Uh, having influenced the Republicans in the House of Representatives this time with Manchin and Toomey, there there might be an opening because you've got Democrats in control of the House. Leader McConnell, who is staring down the the, the midterm makeup. So who knows? I mean, who knows where it's going to come? I want to play a little bit more from President Trump, what he had to say about the Internet. Take a listen to what President Trump had to say about the Internet and its impact on culture uh, and mass shooting. Serious. We must recognize that the Internet has provided a dangerous avenue to radicalize, disturb minds, and perform demented acts. We must shine light on the dark recesses of the Internet and stop mass murders before they start. That was President Trump speaking earlier today. Coming up, Housing Secretary Ben Carson calls in to give us the administration's uh, strategy in terms of how to address this. And just to note, Michael Bloomberg, owner of Bloomberg LP, the parent company of Bloomberg News, founded and helps fund Every Town for Gun Safety, a nonprofit that advocates for universal background checks and other gun violence prevention measures. You can download the Bloomberg Sound On podcast on Apple iTunes at Bloomberg.com or by downloading the Bloomberg Business app. You can also find us on Radio.com, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. I'm Kevin Cirilli, Washington correspondent for Bloomberg Television and Bloomberg Radio, and you are listening to Bloomberg 99.1. This is Bloomberg Sound On with Kevin Cirilli on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. It is incumbent upon all of us, I don't care about your party affiliation or any other difference, to stand up against this and stand for the best traditions and interests of this country. That was former Congressman Beto O'Rourke speaking earlier today to reporters outside of the Walmart where more than 20 people were gunned down on Saturday. Uh, former Congressman of Work is a Democratic presidential candidate. He was born and raised in El Paso. Joining us on the telephone line, Housing Secretary Ben Carson, who was at the White House earlier today uh, to meet with President Trump, who gave remarks in which he called for there to be bipartisan sh- solutions to the gun sh- mass shooting epidemic that is running rampant through our country. Mr. Secretary, thank you for calling in. How are we going to solve this problem? Well, you know, we're only going to be able to solve this if we decide that this is more important to solve than gaining political points. And, uh, you know, we need to recognize that there's something deep going on here. It's not just a matter of of guns being available. Guns have been available for hundreds of years. Uh, It's what's happening to us as a nation. Where are we now getting our moral uh, compass from? And, you know, we're in the process of throwing out a lot of our beliefs and uh, just sort of floating. And then you also have a situation, I think, where a, a lot of people don't develop deep relationships with other people anymore. They're, they spend so much time with social media. So uh, we're, we're going to have to start being able to talk about these things without them being taboo. Uh, as far as PC is concerned. Housing Secretary Ben Carson joining us on the line. Mr. Secretary, you mentioned uh, social media. The president also alluding to social media, saying that social media companies have a responsibility to better better flag and to monitor uh, these types of postings that could ultimately tip off investigators into potential massacres. 
what role do big t- what role does big tech play in terms of monitoring these types of risks? Well, I think uh, you know big tech has to uh, be willing to look at the data and not just ignore it and recognize that so many of these uh, shooters uh, have obviously posted things uh, on the Internet, have derived some of their relationships on the Internet. Uh, and, and that's part of the problem that I was talking about before. When we substitute real human-to-human relationships with these artificial relationships through electronic means, it kind of dehumanizes other people. And when you dehumanize people, it makes it much easier for you to see them as things and therefore to shoot them. In terms of the congressional fix, is there a role for Congress to to pass bipartisan legislation as it relates to big tech? Or as Senator Lindsey Graham and Richard Blumenthal announcing earlier today, a bipartisan bill in getting states to adopt red flag laws that Senator Graham says would help assist and encourage states to get them grants so that they can hire and consult with mental health professionals? I think that would be extraordinarily useful, and, and this is a time, you know, it's a tragic time, and, you know, our hearts obviously go out to those families and communities that have been affected, but let's not let this go to waste. Uh, you know, red flag laws, I think, are very appropriate at this point in time. You know, we need to keep in mind that the Second Amendment is an important part of who we are as Americans, but also compassion and real caring about what's going on with our people and being able to identify things before tragedies occur is something that smart people do. You know, I want to pick up on that point, Housing Secretary Ben Carson joining us on the line. There are folks who are in their car driving home from work as we speak who who respect the Second Amendment but have deep concerns about the role that the NRA has played in this debate. What do you say to those people? Well, I mean... Obviously, we want to hear all the voices, but, you know, we don't really want ex- extreme voices on the side of this issue. And there, there is a place in our country still for logic and common sense. And, you know, this is one of those places. No one, I, th- I think, any on either side of the aisle wants to see the Second Amendment removed. But we also want to be smart enough say, are there things that we can be doing in terms of background checks, in terms of putting information in a secure place where the police and, you know, someone who is a gun dealer can access that information before they put the guns into the hands of a dead individual? We could, this is something that we can do. There are HIPAA laws right now, but those HIPAA laws can be modified by Congress. Housing Secretary Ben Carson, we've got less than a minute left. You know, you previously being a brain surgeon, doctors don't fight over which doctor has the better cure. So why are politicians on either side fighting over how to get rid of this epidemic in our country? Uh, Because they see it as a juicy political issue that might get them some more votes and some more power. And... uh, Quite frankly, that to me is the saddest part of working in this town, 
Housing, Secre- Housing Secretary Ben Carson, appreciate you calling in to discuss uh, these topics and more. And breaking news, redhead flashing on the Bloomberg terminal as we speak. The Treasury Department has designated China as a currency manipulator. Again, the Treasury Department has designated China as a currency manipulator. We will have wall-to-wall coverage of this and all other topics on Bloomberg Television and Bloomberg Radio. My thanks to Housing Secretary Ben Carson, as well as to Roger Fisk and to Terry Sullivan. You can download the Sounds On podcast on Apple iTunes at Bloomberg.com or by downloading the Bloomberg Business app. You can also find us on Radio.com, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. And a reminder that Michael Bloomberg, owner of Bloomberg LP, the parent company of Bloomberg News, founded and helps fund Every Town for Gun Safety, a nonprofit that advocates for universal background checks and other gun violence prevention measures. I'm Kevin Cirilli, Chief Washington Correspondent for Bloomberg TV and Bloomberg Radio. You're listening to Bloomberg 99.1. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. Listen to The Deal wherever you get your podcast, And watch on Bloomberg Originals, Bloomberg Television, or BTV+. Brought to you by Sherm, a better workplace, a better world.